Hey, welcome to the weekly a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church, where we connect the conversations that we started on the weekend to our everyday lives lived. I'm your host, Jay Ewing, one of the pastors on the Erie campus. Today, I have a special guest with me. Zach is actually on holiday. Good for him. Glad he's getting away this summer. But today, my special guest is none other than the great Perry Marshall. Hi, Perry. Wow, the great. Uh, hey, Jay. How you doing? Good, good. Can, we were just talking about this last week, actually, how we met. Where did we meet years ago? Uh, we were at the old schoolhouse of Denver Seminary. Yeah. I remember well. Dude, Perry was my registrar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once, yeah. Sorry about that. One year of your life was there in the registrar office. It was even less than that. It was like, it felt like a year, but it was more like maybe five months. Okay. You played a stopgap in a crucial time. Yeah. And uh, that's how we met and became friends. That's right. And then one day he was telling me what I needed to take for class. And the next thing I was saying, hey, do you know Calvary is looking for? How about you that? Ah, uh, yes. A good memory. Yeah. But you've been connected to Calvary way longer than me. For sure. Off and on, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're definitely a Calvary family member now here at mm-hmm. Calvary. How long have you been on staff? Almost exactly three years. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really great, cool. a great place to be. Now, I know you probably don't want to say this out loud, but that's even why I'm going to ask. Maybe you. I will anyways. Yeah. Uh, give me a brief history of your educational background. Educational background. Well, I went to kindergarten yeah. and uh, passed with flying colors. What what, si- what city? Uh, it's the metropolis of Shadron, Nebraska. <laughs> Where six, the heck is 6,000 strong. 6,000? Yeah. That's bigger than I even expected. Northwest corner of the homeland, Nebraska. Yeah, so went to went to kindergarten and from there just decided I'd had enough. <laughs> and, you know, that's... That, that it's gotten me this far in life. No, but you went from high school to the Air Force Academy, right? I did. I did and go to the Air Force Academy. You were a cadet? I was. And uh, what did you do after being a cadet? I was on active duty in the Air Force for eight years. Did you do tours? Uh, well, I was overseas pretty... for a little while, um, but uh, my permanent base, my permanent stations were all here in the States. That's great. Yeah. So did that and then um, got out in 2007 and eventually made my way to Denver Seminary where I was a student and then worked there for about four and a half years, if I remember right. Yeah. And what was your degree in at Denver Sem? Uh, I did the Masters of Divinity. So. With the emphasis on anything particular? Uh, no, I, I originally started off with a, with a concentration in biblical studies, but then it just worked out schedule-wise so that I missed a class in the rotation. It wasn't yeah. offered enough, so I skipped out on that. So my my um, major concentration had to do with biblical studies in that whole realm, even though technically on the piece of paper it's just um, no concentration. Right, and then you did a really cool job after this with yeah. Dr. Wignick. Wig, sorry, Wignick, yeah. sorry botch his name no no but, problem but um yeah you did a really cool job of creating a yeah there's a program called the preaching initiative we were funded by a grant from Lilly endowment um same pharmaceutical company that maybe you've heard of eli Lilly company but um they they funded a number of seminaries um so that they could establish a program that we called it at denver seminary we called it the preaching initiative just the whole emphasis was to help 
pastors at the local level, students um, included, work on preaching together. It was really, really a fun thing to be a part of. That's really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, thanks for sharing. I know that you don't like saying that out loud or boasting in your academic career, but that's really cool. Well, I did pretty well in kindergarten. I'm yeah, just totally. saying. Good. Hey, so if no one knows you, um, give us a brief get sketch of who Perry Marshall is. Now that he's on Calvary staff, where do you work? What is your focus on staff? Yeah, I'm at the Boulder campus, and uh, my official title is the Director of Adult Ministries. I'm very similar to your role here, even though you have a different title. Yeah, called Community, Community Life. Life. Yeah, so it's it's um, similar in that I, I get to oversee all of the um, life groups that we have in Boulder, the adult classes. Um, we get to do that on Sunday mornings because we have the footprint, the floor space for it in our building. And then um, I also get to work with men's and women's ministries. That's awesome. So That's really cool, yeah. Perry. Good. So glad you're here. You've been such an encouragement to me all these years, the three years you've been here. Um, okay, let's Likewise. jump in to what's going at Calvary. I want to break in just real quick. We're going to actually today is really cool. We're going to talk about the final shaping value, faithful stewardship. Uh, you don't want to miss out on this because I think Perry is, and I are going to just knock it out of the park. That's really a humble brag right there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm expecting big things. No, but uh, we're, we're going to dive deep into that and that's the shaping value here at Calvary. But before I do, you need to go to calvarybible.com slash events. We got some great things happening at Calvary. The fall is about to get kicked off. One of the cool things I think is going to be really fun is in the month of August, we're going to have these Sunday fun days. And Boulder has been having these historically already once a month this summer, but all three Sundays in the month of August, our campuses are going to be having a lot more fun and some fun activities for all of us to partake in. So you want to go to calvarybible.com and learn more about that. Also, on the Erie campus, there is a women's Bible study, uh, and you want to jump in there. And then on Thornton, there is a men's barbecue happening the end of July. And above all, you can always jump in to a community here at Calvary. So just go to calvarybible.com slash events. All right, back to our regular scheduled program. That was just me saying that <laughs> and going back. Okay, so we're talking about shaping values, and if you've been following along, Zach and I's conversation all summer long, um, we talked about these shaping values, and they're just really marks a disciple that Calvary believes everyone at Calvary should be growing in. Not professionals, not perfect, but growing. And faithful stewardship is the final piece to this puzzle of shaping values. And this, when we say faithful stewardship, this is what we mean. We give generously and faithfully of our financial resources. That's pretty specific, but... What do you think about that when we, we talk about our shaping value, Perry Marshall, of faithful stewardship? Yeah, I think of how it's perceived often on the receiving end of hearing about stewardship. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is people start to squirm a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those in that category. Yeah, I think you can squirm from different, different sides of that too. You can squirm from the idea of trying to be the messenger conveying why it's important to have faithful stewardship in your life. You can squirm also on the other side because maybe you've had a bad experience of being asked or more like you felt pressured or guilted into being a faithful steward. And I'm using air quotes around that as I say it. Definitely. And we, you know, we bring that baggage with us into the whole topic that we're talking about today. Yeah. That's it's so genuine. 
And, you know, when we talked about faithful stewardship for years, I mean, let's say a decade, maybe, maybe even more, I could not stand reading the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Do you know that? This is a confession yeah. from a pastor. Yeah, right. Like that, that passage has been so abused and overused. Yeah. yeah. And the preaching on that has been so, not here at Calvary. That's, let me say that actually. It's never been that case here at Calvary. But historically, when I've seen it beyond my years here at Calvary, it's just been so misused. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, right. Well, I mean, even in, even for an example at Calvary, now this is not a problem at all, but it's just a sign of it all, of what we're talking about. In our base camp curriculum, you know, we have a section on this topic, on money, on resources. And it's a topic where out of all of the other topics, it's the one where we have, where we historically have had to tell the group facilitators, hey, if you need us to, we're more than welcome to come in mm -hmm. and teach through this just because it is such a sensitive issue to people. Yeah. And, you know, we grew up and uh, you grew up in Nebraska, I grew up in Texas, and we were taught there's a few things you just never talk about, right? Yeah. What are politics and money? Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, and that's hard because honestly, at the end of the day, faithful stewardship is a hard issue, mm -hmm. and totally. Usually, that's probably some of the hardest issues. Yeah, to talk about. Right. I yeah, I completely agree. It, it becomes an issue that right off the bat, I think we think of it as. Um, you're asking for something from me for your own benefit. Right. And that that doesn't feel right. And it, it immediately kind of colors our perception of it. Totally. In my own life, you know, with Kristen and I, and we've been married 10 years as of last week. So, you know. Congratulations, thank by you. the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, even the first years, it was really hard in those meager years when we didn't have very much to think about how we're going to be. Yeah stewards of God's kingdom and money and our finances. And we wrestled with that. Just be honest, the first year we really wrestled with like what's appropriate amount, you know, all that type of thing as we're coming, becoming one in our purpose and mission, you know, and that doesn't mean we haven't stopped wrestling with it every year, you know, budgets get tight or things yeah. happen. And you're just like, Oh, yeah. how are we going to trust God with this? Yeah. You know, and that's a hard conversation to have, especially if you're asking someone else to have it with you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. That, that's one of the challenges of marriage. There's a reason why money is one of the big issues that couples face. Yeah. So when we talk about faithful stewardship, you know, I, I really want to emphasize one thing. It's about responding in grace to all the gifts that God has given us. Like, you know, it really comes down for me in my own life and my own journey is that it's the response of like everything I have is from God. I functionally believe that, but does my heart believe that? Yeah. And if that's true, he's going to protect, yeah. guide and provide all that I need. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Jay, I think another, another thing that this is, this does not originate from me at all. Um, but it certainly applies, and I think it's a good statement just for us to grab onto. It maybe can lead us um, into the conversation. It has to do with, like, as a church, we genuinely want something for you, not not from you. You know, that's the difference between for and from there, just yeah. simple words. But we want something for you, 
if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh, the money talk, of course, I knew this was going to come up eventually. Yeah, we, totally. We want something for you, not from you. And we believe that stewardship is something that is good for you, not good for the church, even though it is good for the church. But um, primarily, we want something for you that's good for you. Yeah, totally. That's really good, man. Yeah, John Boyle says that a lot. And I think we've all picked up that line from him. And yeah. it's it's because like John is so genuine about that in the sense of when he he says that, you're like, yeah, he does want something good for me. Yeah. You know, and you, you believe it. And one of the things you at Calvary, and this is sort of a tangent and maybe we should talk about this later, is the accreditation we do hold for nonprofits and our fiscal responsibility. Because I think that's important for as we consider when we need to be faithful to all the things that God is doing at Calvary and in his kingdom, it's also wise to know that those things are fiscally responsible, right? That your money is actually going to kingdom things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, our books like a, any nonprofit, but, um, also with, along with that certification, our books are open and we, uh, at our, you know, we have a budget meeting, and it's part of our annual meeting to be able to review that. And um, so there's a process here. We don't, we're not trying to keep any secrets. Yeah. And even the six years I have been here every year, we're still getting better. It's amazing to me that no one's settled on this yet. Yeah. It's like every year there's always something we can work on, right. something we can tighten up, something, some checks and balances or some reporting or whatever it is. And I love that about Calvary. And I love that because I get to see behind the scenes and then I can go home to Kristen and say, this place is worthy to get to. Yeah. You know, because of. Yeah. It does instill confidence. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So when we talk about faithful stewardship, let's talk about the Bible. What does the Bible say about faithful stewardship, Perry? And sort of what are the things when we say that come to mind, like biblical stories or people or mm -hmm. books of the Bible? Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm trying to not shoehorn this into the conversation, um, which could happen, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to not, you are not a preacher <laughs> overstate it. But I think, I think you see an example of stewardship that begins in the very opening pages of scripture. Ooh, and I like that you have, um, something that's really crucial to keep in mind with this whole conversation. And that is that we have a very generous God mm -hmm. and, he is um, the one as creator of the heavens and the earth who, you know, creates everything that we see, touch, feel, and then puts humanity in the middle of it and says, hey, this is yours to care for, to, to take care of it, to rule over it, to subdue it, to fill the earth, multiply. You know, it's this beautiful blessing that we see right at the start where God creates everything and then places humanity and the role of steward over it. I that I hadn't even thought about that, Perry, but that's a great thought. Is even just getting to the the opening lines and seeing what God is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it comes to finances, you know, finances, even though that's kind of where the emphasis goes when we have this conversation, but finances really are just one piece of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stewardship really governs all of life. That whole concept applies to everything we have. Right. As we see um, portrayed in scripture, but you know, money is the place where, um, it really tends to kind of bubble to the surface. Yeah. And you know, I, I remember Thomas saying this years ago, he said, I actually know what your heart desires. He said, I could do it in like two minutes. Just hand me your 
checkbook. Yeah. And I can see where you write checks. Too. Right. Yeah. That's, people, people say that with your checkbook and with your schedule, your calendar. Yeah. Right. Right. Look at those two and you can see like, okay, I see what you value. Yeah. Totally. Most. Yeah. I started this conversation already a little bit here, but you know, in Matthew 25, I was just actually reading this this morning in my devotionals and it was the parable of the talents. And like I said earlier, I hate <laughs> this passage just has so much baggage to it with me and just the preaches in the past. But you know, when I came to it today and I was, I was meditating on it, I was praying and I was just, I had a conversation with the Lord about it. You know, really what happened is that the, the master is disappointed that he, the person that didn't invest the money, just buried the money, actually just had no clue what the master desired. You know, it was a, it was a moment of that. Right. For me. Yeah. I, I, that is a tragedy. That's, um, it's the character of the master that's called into question. And again, it's that, that kind of thing that goes, can be seen to go all the way back to the very opening pages of scripture where we see that God is generous. We see that the fall happens over a question of God's character. You know, right. did God really say that? Is he really good? It sounds like maybe he's holding out on you. Right. And we kind of see that same kind of attitude reflected here, distortion of God's good character here that drives this one example, this one person to not be a good steward. Right. So stewardship really does come down to a theological question over our view of who God is. That is really important to know. And, you know, if you want to get to the heart of how you are being faithful to God's gifts is that who do you believe God is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Perry, I know that you're, you're an expert in the biblical history, biblical theology <laughs> studies. You read about it a lot and you know, you do. It's that kindergarten education. Uh huh. Um, you know, how do you see this generosity and stewardship play out in the early church post Jesus ascending to heaven and bringing about the Holy spirit? Well, um, I would say, you know, looking, I don't know if this is where you're going with that question, Jay, but the, you know, when you look at the, at Pentecost and, um, just Jesus's ministry before that, you see that God continues to give throughout the whole, his whole, Jesus's whole earthly ministry is an example of, um, obviously God's power on display, God's character, his nature on display. But then in terms of, God's distribution of his presence through his spirit, um, for lack of a better way to put it, um, at Pentecost, we see that he give, he continues to give generously through the gifts that he gives to his church, yeah. spiritual gifts. Um, of course, providing as well physically, um, and I don't want to make a hard division between physical and spiritual gifts here, but um, God gives richly and abundantly through his spirit for the good of the church. Yeah. You know, we're each given, we're each given resources, abilities, um, you know, talents, which we're looking at in this passage of Matthew 25, so that others would be blessed so that God's name would be honored and proclaimed and made known. It's not just for us to take and consume and right. keep to ourselves. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about this morning about how do we see these towns play out in the New Testament, I thought of Theophilus. I mean, we we have the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts based upon some guy's financial giving. How crazy is that? Right. That Luke actually has time to write these things 
to investigate him, to travel all of the Roman world to make sure that the gospel and this man Jesus is credible, historically credible, that his story is penned, known. And Theophilus, who we don't know who he is, gives rights to check for it. Because this, you know, these are like two of the longest books in the New Testament, which actually would have been the most expensive books to pen because of the papyri you would need to yeah. write on them. Right. Very limited resource. And just the time and energy it took to produce that was expensive. Um, I think other examples we could think of are um, the house churches that people met in, oh meaning goodness. that you yeah. had to have people who had the resources to have a large enough building that they lived in so that other people could gather. Because your average home in that day was small. It was enough for your family, but it wasn't enough to have a house church. So right. you, house churches had to meet inside of homes that were large enough, and which meant that people had more resources. And um, they were generous with those resources, holding them open so that um, a church could grow and flourish in whatever city. Yeah, that's a great. And, you know, I think about these house churches, and I think about even the last season here at Calvary where people participate in home right. groups, and they use their financial gifts of stewardship even to open up their homes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we used to say, I used to say mockingly that the most underutilized resource of the local American church is the square footage of homes, but that's not mm -hmm. the case anymore. It's not right. And that, it was a beautiful expression of faithful stewardship towards yeah. God's kingdom. Absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, you know, one of the things makes Calvary Calvary is our history, right? And 1889, first years of Calvary Bible Church. And just think about how many people since us have faithfully given to God through this mechanism of the local church. Right. Yeah. I mean we're 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 right now we're in a building yeah. that was built because of the generosity of people and um you know at that time in Boulder. Right. Who had a vision for this campus in Erie. And now this campus in Erie has done has joined in doing the same thing to start a campus where we now have a building in Thornton. Right. Um, and, you know, that story, which we've said multiple times, is itself uh, just an example of God's generosity um, along the way, too. Providing this land in Erie has a story behind it right. that is incredible to see God provide that. Um, the way the Thornton building was handed over to us is also an example of God's orchestrating the details uh, that just demonstrate his generosity there as well. So right. um, it's a it's a combination of um, us being faithful and modeling the kind of generosity that we see God giving us. Yeah, no doubt. I love that. I love that a ton. Yeah, so when someone talks about, you know, let's get real practical. What are some ways, Perry, you and your family have practiced, you know, faithful stewardship? What are some of the hardships that you faced in that? What are some of the decisions you made on a very practical level for all of us to sort of consider, you know, I know that's money, so it's personal, but some high level views of like practical things. Yeah. I think some of the best advice that Katie, my wife and I were given early on was that we should not, um, we should not put giving kind of um, down on the list of priorities with our whole financial picture. Like it needs to be at the very top. 
if you wait for the right circumstances, the right situation, or, or the right threshold in terms of your income, and then say, well, then we'll give, then you're waiting too long. Um, really, it's, it is a, it's a supernatural thing where you see God provide even when it doesn't really make sense for him to be able to do that. Like, um, you, can, you can think about the best money advice that people might give in our day and age, and um, actually God's way of handling resources sometimes seems to fly in the face of some of that, that top wisdom but God is faithful, and he is looking for us to um, trust him enough that he will continue to be faithful. And, you know, you can go to, the, to um, the book of Malachi and think about the challenge that that prophet gives to the people of Israel, that God is using Malachi to convey this message about, um, give, test me, try me, see if I won't open the storehouses. And um, it's true. God, God loves it when we step out in faith with our giving. And I think you have to make that choice early on, even if it's just a small amount, you have to trust him and say, God, um, this is everything that I have. And I hold it open-handedly knowing that it's all from you. I can't say that better than myself. Yeah, Perry. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks Calvary for listening. You know, like we say so many times, it's so humbling to be around a people that are probably some of the most generous people we've ever known that we think about all the stories of what God is doing at Calvary, all the checks he writes in order to produce his will and his ministry and the gospel to go forth to all nations. You are responsible for that Calvary. Thanks so much for being so generous to us, to trust us, to trust this organization, to trust this mission that we believe God has called on us to do in our our neighborhoods, in our Boulder and Erie and Thornton and beyond, like we always say, to the world. And um, we're just so grateful that you're here with us. If you have any questions, any insights about this week's conversation and faithful stewardship, reach out, reach out to us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. Love to hear from you. We hope you're having a great summer. If you have a prayer request, go to calvarybible.com. We would love to be praying for you. Oh, my goodness. We would love to pray for you. Besides that, have a great week, and we look forward to talking to you next week, Calvary.